join Soup as she speaks on How on Earth, Part 2. Blessings abound, my brother and sister. This is Superintendent Janice Battersby of Shekinah Worship International Ministries, Shekinah Worship Center, Bermuda, where our pastor is Reverend Dr. Maria A. Seaman. And I bring you greetings once again for another installation of this exciting series, Insights with Soup. Superintendent, that's me. And it's a pleasure to come one more time with another lesson from this great series, Escape the Coming Night, with Dr. David Jeremiah. And let me tell you, every week it gets better and better. We as a church, and with others who are invited too, have decided to take on this series. We, this is our third year that we've been doing it. And it is something that has been long needed. I know I've needed it all my life. But now it's such a thrill to be able to share it with anyone who is interested right now. It's a 43 lesson series. And we've been going through it chapter by chapter, verse by verse, being led by Dr. David Jeremiah. He's a marvelous teacher. I've been studying him and following him for many years. And it's a concise, comprehensive, and thrilling journey that we're on right now. Now, I'm going to take you through lesson number 22, which is called Hell on Earth, Part 2. Now, if you want to know about the lessons prior to lesson 22, you're going to have to look up our podcasts. And you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts under the name Real Knows Real. Not only will you find these insights, you'll also find lots of other teaching and preaching coming out of Shekinah Worship Center that I really know will edify you and encourage you. We're also on YouTube under Voice for Our Times. So go and have a listen, download the podcast so you can listen at any time. But this is just a bite-sized portion of this lesson, just to give you an idea about what we're studying and maybe to whet your appetite for the book of Revelation. So I'm not going to spend time going back over what we've already learned because I would have used up the entire teaching for this. However, I'm just going to say that we understand in our learning that John the Apostle wrote the book of Revelation while he was in prison on the Isle of Patmos. He was in prison because he was preaching about Jesus Christ. And while he was on that island, he received a vision that became the book of Revelation. God told him to write these things down. He wrote letters to churches in Asia, letting them know about things that they were doing well, but things that they needed to sort themselves out on before God came and removed their ministry. So God watches his churches and he sends messages there too. John then changes, his vision changes from on the earth into heaven. And so we've been reading about the seven sealed scroll and the breaking of the seals and the pouring of God's judgment upon the earth. We've gone through the seven seals and now we come to the seven trumpets. And we've got, we got up to the fifth trumpet. And so this teaching was about trumpet number six and the judgments that are being poured out upon the earth. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the scripture reference, which is Revelation chapter 9, verses 13 through 21, and then just chat about it a bit, just to give you an idea about this lesson. So here begins the reading of God's holy word, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now, the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone, which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents, having heads, and with them they do harm. Now the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Here ends God's holy word thus far. My, my, what a judgment. So here we go. We're at the sixth trumpet. We've gone through the seven seals. We've gone through the first five trumpets. Now we're up to trumpet number six. There's one left after this. And here we go. The sixth angel sounded, and here were four angels who were bound up at the great river Euphrates. Now, the angels there, they're bound up. They're not the good angels. They're evil angels that are about to unleash more judgment. Now, in lesson number five, when we heard about the fifth trumpet, there was an angel that was released, and it was not a good angel, and he unlocked the pit and out came the demons and we came to understand that that angel was Satan himself releasing demons upon the earth who would go out and sting people and harm those that did not have the mark of God. So now evil is being released onto the earth. So here you have these four angels and they're standing at the great river Euphrates. Now the river Euphrates you'll find runs through the Bible. And we first hear about it in the Garden of Eden. There were four rivers that joined in the Garden of Eden, the Euphrates, the Tigris, the Gihon, and the Pishon rivers. Well, two of those rivers you can still find on a map, the Tigris and the Euphrates. And there's only one spot where they actually join, and that's in Iraq, which was the former Babylon. And I personally believe the Garden of Eden because that's the only place where you see those rivers joining. It's very significant if that is the location of the Garden of Eden, because when you look, 
What is the most violent area on the earth? It's the Middle East. It's between Babylon or Iraq and Israel. All that area, nothing but violence to the north, to the south, nothing but violence out of anywhere else. Violence that affects the whole globe. Anything that goes on in that area, the whole world watches with fear. There's a reason for that. And so here you have the four angels at the river Euphrates, and they were prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year. There's a specific time that God has, a specific calendar that only he knows. He knows when the rapture will take place. He knows when the judgments will be unleashed. And in a previous lesson, we also learned about the saints who had been killed and martyred during the tribulation. And they were asking the Lord, when are you going to take revenge for what has happened to us? And the Lord says, hold on, it's coming. Well, now God's judgment is being released on those who killed God's people. And so this is what we see, is that the angels are prepared to kill a third of mankind that's left. Now, when we studied the four horsemen of the apocalypse, we learned about the fourth horse, which was a pale horse. And we learned that that was actually a green horse that represented pestilence and death, disease. And out of that, a quarter of the earth would die. So now you have 75% of the earth left. And now we see here that a third of them that are left are going to die. So you're getting up to like half of the population left. Now, some of those who died from war and pestilence and famine will be those that have accepted the Lord. Remember, there are going to be those Jews who had originally rejected Christ that will have a chance to receive Christ. There will be those who have never heard the gospel. And the 144,000 Jewish evangelists are going to be out there preaching and saving souls. Not everybody is going to survive. There will be those who may starve to death. There will be those who may be killed because of their faith. So the population is going to decrease. But here you have an army. It says in verse 16 that there is going to be an army that are released 200 million. Now, there was speculation about where this army is going to come from. China, maybe? When you watch and you see how they go on display, their, their war arms and their, their soldiers and how they march, it's impressive. But there's going to be an enemy that's going to come from the east, and we're going to learn about that in later chapters of the book of Revelation, where the Euphrates River is actually dried up and this army is going to come from the east to attack Israel. And they will meet at the Battle of Armageddon. So we're seeing all this setup happening now. And God is preparing for that final battle. And here we have this army. And on the horses, as the Apostle John sees, he sees them in fiery red and hyacinth blue and sulfur yellow, all these colors and smoke and fire coming from their heads and from their tails. You know, if you read the book of Revelation prior, or even if you pick it up now and read it, you don't have a clue what that's about. In fact, many people that I know never even get this far because it's just 
such a mystery. It is so scary. However, Dr. Jeremiah showed us that this is John thousands of years ago seeing the end times. What John did not see, what we see now, is the equipment for warfare that people use now. Nuclear missiles and all sorts. You see rockets and and things being fired off with the smoke coming out of the, the, their backside. And you hear nuclear warheads that can destroy upon impact. So you're seeing these things. John couldn't say what we know now. He could only see what was given to him in a vision that he could kind of understand. A lot of times he says he saw something like something because he could not quite put it into words. Could this very well be the nuclear weaponry of today that is going to be used by this huge, massive army? We see things going on right now in the Middle East. Rockets being shot from one side to the other, and there being deaths and destruction. There is so much that is going on right now that we can actually see the setup for this end time. If we sit and we watch, the Bible tells us to watch and pray. When you see the news, know the word of God. See the news through the eyes of God, through his word. And it gets exciting to see how we are catching up to what was written thousands of years ago. Bit of an oxymoron there, but it's prophecy. And we're seeing the foundations of it. Jesus told us when these things begin to happen to look up. Are you looking up with expectation, with anticipation? Or are you looking around with fear? That's the question. So it said that by these plagues, by the fire, the smoke, and the brimstone, a third of mankind would be killed. So remember, we're at 75% of the population before all the disease and all of that. And I'm speaking in a time of corona. So here we see another shadow of this time. But we see where a quarter of the population has died because of disease and famine and war. And now we have another third that is destroyed through the, let's just say like we're speculating, through these implements of war. But then it says that the rest of mankind who were killed by these plagues, who you would have thought with all the upheaval now, again, I would encourage you to listen to our previous podcasts to hear about the other judgments that are being poured out on the earth. It's not just this. There's other things that are going on. The world is in complete upheaval, complete upheaval. You think that maybe people would see, see that this is more than in their control, that there's something more going on, that they would fall to their knees and say, Lord, help me. But it says right here, but the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. So let's talk about that a bit. There's going to be worship going on. 
there's going to be church going on, just like how there's church going on. And these churches are celebrating things that God hates. That's going to continue. There will be no lack of that. However, we've got to remember that Lucifer wanted to be worshipped by God. He wanted to be above God. We read that in the book of Isaiah. And then when Satan tempted Jesus in the desert, he told Jesus if he bowed down and worshipped him, Satan, that Satan would give him the kingdoms of the world. Well, the world is not his to give. He may be the prince of the air. He may be the prince of this world temporarily. He's been given a little bit of leeway, but he has an end date, an expiry date. And here he is trying to give to Jesus what belongs to Jesus in the first place. All he wants is to be worshipped. He's so deluded by this desire to be worshipped. And again, here we go. These people are now creating gods that they're going to bow down and worship. Now, I don't know what kind of gods, but people want to worship their wealth, their houses. They want to worship whatever they own. They want to thank God for the blessings. It's all about the blessings. As long as I have, God is good. If I don't have, then God is not good. People are going to be so deluded that they're going to fall into that same trap that Satan is in. They have to worship. And even as it was pointed out, you know, we are all made with a God-shaped vacuum inside of us. We have to worship God. We came from him. And even if we choose not to believe God and believe in God, we still have we still try to fill up that vacuum. We still have to worship something, even if we don't call it worship. That's what we do. And so here we have those who did not repent. They wouldn't stop worshiping idols. They wouldn't stop valuing anything over God. That's idolization. And it says here that they did not repent of their murders, their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Murder, sorcery, witchcraft, pharmakia, sexual immorality, or their thefts. Okay, murders. The quote that we heard was, where the gospel is not honored, human life is cheap. And that's what we're seeing. We're living in an age where parents don't go to church anymore. They don't take or send their children. Children don't go to Sunday school. There are children who do not know the stories of the Bible that we knew. And this is how I put it. A generation is 40 years in the Bible. So let's go back 40 years from whenever you're listening to this. If you're old enough to remember Bermuda back 40 years ago, Bermuda was totally different from what it is today. And I'm thinking in terms of our Christianity. We went to church. Sunday was a day. And I'm, I'm saying Sunday because that was my experience. Sunday was a day when shops weren't open. The gas stations weren't open. Everything shut down. It was a family day. It was church. Some went to church in the morning. They went to church in the evening. You had Sunday school. It was family day. You came home. You ate with the family. You made visit family. 
that's how it was. And that permeated into the rest of the week, that permeated into our culture, into our lifestyle. We honored one another. We had our children had manners. I'm not saying everybody was perfect, but that was our island. 40 years later, that's not what we see. We see something totally different. The family unit is practically destroyed. People are still having children. But sadly enough, and we've seen the trend, when the child's with the mother, they are sent to Sunday school. When the child's with the father, you don't see them. Sometimes you'll see the mother with the child. Very rarely do you see a child, period. And even rarer still is a child with the father. And so our children are different. There's a lot that is lacking in our character and in our culture. And people say, what is wrong with children today? That's what you hear, children today. It's because we have taken away the one thing that they need the most. And as a culture, as a people, not just in Bermuda, but globally, human life is cheap. Abortion is called healthcare now. We see people riding on Bermuda's roads like they don't care about their own life, let alone somebody else. When murders happen now, a high-ranking police official said with regard to a murder not very long ago, where is the shock? Not really surprised. Human life is cheap. It's, we've gotten used to it. We've become, as they say, desensitized. Murder, and that's just, I'm just talking about Bermuda. Of course, we hear of the mass murders and mass shootings going on all over the world, where their gospel is not honored, human life is cheap. It's that, that's a fact. And it's proving itself every day. And then we have sorceries, which we learned come from the word pharmakia, pharmacy, drugs. And, you know, not even talking about the hard drugs, but you turn on the television now and every other commercial is about a drug. Every other commercial is about a drug. Big Pharma has gone big time and they're trying to convince you to take a drug for everything. And all we hear about now is drug abuse. That opens up a portal for demonic activity, for occultic activity, mind-altering substances. People, they can't cope. They don't have a relationship with God. They can't cope with life. And so they're trying to find it some other way. And outside of alcohol, You've got drugs. And then you've got, of course, the hard drugs. Now you've got a global acceptance of marijuana, a mind-altering drug. There are people that are getting hooked on these, on these things. Why? Because when the brain is able to be used and manipulated by the enemy, do you think he's going to let you go very easily? Especially if you're not honoring God in the first place. And your life gets mired in sin, sin, sin. So here we have murder and we have drug use, which leads to witchcraft, astrology, and the occult. These things, we know they exist. And now we know why. These are all shadows of the end times. You have sexual immorality, huge, the gay lifestyle which has become accepted and celebrated. You have 
sex outside of marriage in just about every form. Children being given condoms now and, and told to have safe sex. 40 years ago, you didn't talk about this stuff. Now, I mean, it's good to talk with your children and in a family setting and in a trusted setting, but now it's, it's advertising, it's entertainment, pornography, child pornography, bestiality, in just about every way, shape, or form you can get. And then thefts, robbery, burglaries, embezzlement, online, ransomware, Look at it, all of this. This isn't happening by coincidence. This is all a setup for the end times. So it's good that we get into the book of Revelation and we can see that nothing happening today is by coincidence. It's all by design. The question is, are you ready? Are you hearing this now? One tactic that I used to use with my children was when I knew that something was going to happen down the road, I would tell them about it. So that when it happened, they would say, wow, mom knew that. Well, this is what God is doing with his work. He's putting it out there and letting you know. And so when the signs show, you can say, wow, God knew. Don't wait until it's too late. Today is the day of salvation. Don't let the memory of this haunt you for eternity. If you're hearing me right now and something inside you is really, really uncomfortable, that's the Lord speaking to you. Get down on your knees right now and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you. I accept that Jesus died on the cross and shed blood for me. I want my life to change. I want to give you my life right now. Help me, Lord. He'll hear you if you really mean it. And then send us an email at swim at logic. Dot bm swim swim at logic.bm. Let us know you made a decision for the Lord and we'll be in touch with you. We'll help you to get on the right path to turn away from sin, whatever. If you're a murderer, if you've done drugs, sexually immoral, if you've been a, a robber and a, a thief, God will forgive you of all those things. If you only seek him first, he will forgive you of your sin and welcome you in with open arms. So that's it. That's our lesson number 22, Hell on Earth, part two. Quite a lesson. Now, once you've heard this, look around. I guarantee you, you'll start to see that the world is lining up with the Bible. Make sure you get lined up. We're so happy to have you listen in and we look forward to sharing with you some more on Insights with Sue. Thanks so much. Blessings abound. Mm -hmm.